You're listening to a DM podcast. Good day, guys. It is Amy Gerard. Welcome back to Beyond the Likes. I have a very special guest on with me today. Um, her name is Jane McFadden. Did I get that right? Yes. Nailed it. So Jane has been studying and working in the psychology industry for 18 years, and you have helped build one of the largest psychology companies in Australia. You're married, you've got three kids, you're living up on the warm sunshine coast, and you have battled periods of depression, anxiety, and burnout. I mean, haven't we all? But overwhelm your whole entire life, and it wasn't until you were 35 five years old that you were actually diagnosed with ADHD. Like, I just think so many mums are going to be able to relate to this uh, podcast because I feel like, as it did with you, this ADHD diagnosis has answered all of your questions and all of the things that were going on in your life. And it's ignited you to be able to start helping other women and girls, you know, avoid being misdiagnosed and wrongly medicated. And now you are all over your shit. You are absolutely kicking goals. You are doing so well. Jane now runs ADHD Mums, which is an Australian podcast, and it shares relatable stories from typical Aussie mums on how they manage their ADHD while struggling motherhood, kids, and family life. How are you, Jane? I'm very excited, Amy. I've been a huge fan of yours for years, so this is probably the highlight of the last five years of my life, which which is parenting, so it's like a low bar, but um, it's very, I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you. Um, We are doing this via a internet link and Jane is actually up on the Sunshine Coast sitting in a t-shirt or what looks to be a summery dress and I I am dressed inside my house in uh, ski gear. So if anyone is thinking to move up to the Sunshine Coast, <laughs> now is a good time to escape Sydney winter. Yes, but we are unfortunately after COVID, it's very expensive to buy here. So if you haven't Isn't bought it? pre-COVID, oh my goodness, it is. It is actually really sad because there's a lot of people that are looking to, you know, divorce or buy in and no one can re-buy into the market. So it's kind of like if you're in, you're in. Yeah, I do know a lot of girlfriends from Melbourne who actually made the big move up and they, they've they left, especially it was in COVID times as well. They all bounced from, I mean, I kind of get it, Melbourne's deathly cold. It is, but, you know, welcome to the Melbourneers. Yeah, sorry, Melbourne guys, We I still love you, just um, not your weather conditions. Um, okay, so I guess I just want to preface this chat really quickly. Obviously, we are going to be discussing ADHD, uh, you know, mental health, Uh, medications and all of that kind of stuff. So whilst we are going to be talking about these things, I do urge, you know, anyone listening, if you are, you know, struggling with any of these things or you are curious to know or just to kind of find out some more information on the topic or you want to go and speak to someone, I do urge you to kind of listen to this podcast with a grain of salt, but then to go and see your own, you know, healthcare professional or your own GP. So Jane and I are obviously just going to be having a chat about it. But go and definitely see your own doctor if this is something that you want to take up with them. I, I think, Amy, the um, it's great to wa- raise more awareness for ADHD yeah. and how it looks in females. But this chat will absolutely be about the symptoms that can occur in ADHD. But whether you have them or not, it's still good to go to your GP, go to a psychologist, because everyone's circumstances are different. Um, yeah. So I think it's a great point you've made. Do you want to give the listeners like a little bit of background about yourself? Um, I know you've shared a little bit with me, but maybe a little bit of the history as to how you got into, you know, studying psychology and, you know, you're obviously helping so many people now and how that kind of all came about. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in Tassie and I was one of those people or or kids that were was good at a lot of different things. I was great at sport. I was quite academic and I success, was successful in a lot of different areas. However, what happened was when I was about 14, I was diagnosed with severe depression. And it sounds like a really funny thing or it, there was a lot of minimizing at that time. It was the first that anybody in my family or anyone that had we had ever known had heard the word depression. And I still remember my dad saying, and my dad was amazing, by the way, what does she have to be depressed about? And I felt the same. What, what did I have to be depressed about? Was it a GP that um, diagnosed you with depression? 
Yeah, I went to a psychologist. My parents are very proactive. Um, they took me to a psychologist, a psychiatrist who medicated me quite heavily because they didn't know what else to do at that point. And the therapy I was given was given for depression and anxiety. And I had a complete burnout breakdown at 14. And I've lived a pretty full life. My, both of my parents have passed away and I've, I've lived a very roller coaster life. However, I would still say that that time between 14 to 16 would be the lowest point in my life by far. And at oh. that point, when I kind of came out of it in year 11, I ended up, um, you know, harnessing a lot of that and came off all of the medication, changed schools and went to a different school. And I found that I had this real passion for psychology and helping young women. And I've mm-hmm. been doing that for the last nearly 20 years. Um, I do own and run my own psychology clinic and yep. I have studied and worked as a psychologist before. However, I, I'm not currently registered. I don't speak as an expert on this podcast, but I do have a, a very, very large background and I also have a lot of passion. Um, two o'clock in the morning, what am I looking up? ADHD in females. So for me, living this life, I my I had three kids under three and a half very quickly. Perhaps that was yep. a symptom of the ADHD, just get in there and get it done. And I met a beautiful man. I'm very lucky on the Sunshine Coast. But when my daughter hit prep, it was an absolute baptism of fire. And it was the first time in my life that I thought, I don't fit. I don't have the library bag. I don't know the passport, the password to seesaw. I don't know how to get it. I don't know what the project is. is I don't know what school she's supposed to be, what she's wearing. And I I was like, this is this is pretty fucked. Yeah. And it, it it was confronting to see. And I mean, I loved the school she was at. The mums were cool. This was not a they were looking down at me kind of thing. This was me going, I actually don't fit. I'm a round peg in a square hole. I don't fit in here. And I realized I was living a different life to everybody else. And my husband has undiagnosed ADHD. So we spur each other on, right? Like we live, like I I talked on my podcast about how we bought a caravan in 12 hours of deciding, had it delivered because neither of us could drive it. We drove the whole way around Australia in eight months and we packed up in less than a month at very impulsive decisions. And we've always lived like that. But when your child hits school, you suddenly have to conform and you have to have all the things. And that was a really big moment for me. So I went to a psychologist um, for burnout, which I'd been going back and forth on this roller coaster for years. And I was very lucky. He actually specialised in female ADHD. And he said to me in the last 20 minutes of one session, Jane, I'm pretty sure you've got ADHD, which I absolutely denied. And I said to him, I'm way too successful. I'm not one of those people. You know, all those labels you've got in your head. I'm not scatterbrained. I'm always on time. And when we went through the diagnostic assessment, he said, no, but you've got to take away all the prompting. So yes, you're on time, but how many alarms have you set? Yes, you have the things, but what have you done the night before to structure yourself so you can catch yourself before you forget? And it actually has been the most positive experience ever for me to be diagnosed. Not everybody has that, but for me has been incredible. My daughter was struggling at school heavily. We managed to get her diagnosed, which was so life-changing for her. My parenting has changed and the expectations. I no longer expect her to do something the first time because, you know, do I do something the first time? I've caught myself trying to find something that, like trying to find my daughter's school hat, but she's also lost her shoes at the same time. And you can have a laugh about it. It's been incredibly positive for me to try medication that's actually going to work for me and have therapy that actually works. Before and all of the time I've felt, I'm like, this medication doesn't work. This therapy doesn't work. What's wrong with me? And I'm just lucky. I'm quite a positive person, but some people go through really they go through really, really dark times with it. So for me, getting on here today is about to raise awareness of what ADHD in females looks like to urge other people to go and seek a professional opinion. So I reached out to you, Amy, because I'm a massive fan (laughs) and I do see some symptoms or some things in your posts that I have been aggressively like replying to your stories lately, like just to let you know that's a symptom, which is probably (laughs) unhelpful. 
I mean, there is so much to unpack there because it has, it was something that was brought up uh, to me in my early 20s as well. And my mum and dad, they're quite old school. Like they're like, unless you've got an open wound or you're bleeding from the neck or something, like you'll be right, right? You'll be right. You'll be right. We're not going to label this, that, rah, rah, rah. And I am a glass half full girl and I am very, uh, you know, 90% of the time, you know, give or take those five days before my period, I'm pretty happy. And it takes a lot to wear me down. And even when times do get tough, I can try to see the positives and I, you know, I dance it off or I have a laugh or whatever. And so, you know, I remember speaking very loosely to my mom about this ADHD thing and, and, and she was like, well, you're not hyperactive. And I think people have this misconception that ADHD, you, you instantly think that, you know, they're the hyperactive kid that can't sit still and they can't do that. But the more I've been looking into it lately, it's more, there's an inattentive run, right? Yeah. So, the, so there's three types. So typically the boys are more hyperactive. So if we talk about stigma, we know there's an eight-year-old hyperactive boy that's punching everybody in the classroom. They are the typical hyperactive, physical hyperactive. The the female version is definitely more inattentive, which is what you're referring to. However, we also know that hyperactivity can exist in the brain. Now, I personally am extremely hyperactive, not physically. Mentally, I am. So so those are the people that can't stop interrupting. You and I are going to have an interesting time on this, this podcast. We can't stop interrupting. We've got so much to say. We're so excited and we just have to get it all out. And, and their hyperactivity can exist and they can also be combined. So there's hyperactive, inattentive and combined. Yeah. Well, it, it, I, I, I'm not laughing for any other reason other than like I feel like um, – curtains are being drawn back on my personality and that that's exactly right like I can I am great at sitting on the lounge and relaxing like a lot of my girlfriends they're like how can you sit when there's stuff to be cleaned around the house and it's because a lot of the time I'm just like oh it's too overwhelming so I just sit and I chill but my brain is moving at 1000 miles an hour and like my husband gets into bed and he falls asleep in 0.5 of a second and I will lie in bed and I'll think of one trillion things that I have to do the next day or haven't done or need to contact that person reply to that email and it takes me ages to fall asleep a lot of the time like sometimes people will be talking to me and I'll be staring at them but my brain will be elsewhere and I I do I, I do struggle to concentrate I always have done like I remember my teachers saying to my parents Amy has so much potential, but she can't apply herself. She's really struggling to apply herself. And it's because I was in class, but then my brain was also out in the playground. And I was like, I've never done, uh, I've never looked into it any further. I've never gone and spoken to my GP or a healthcare professional about it. I do have a lot of girlfriends that have, and it's very uh, it's changed their life. It's absolutely changed their life. And I think you mentioned that you, you know, you were put on the severely depressed bandwagon. And I've actually got a girlfriend who was told she has depression, severe depression and anxiety and has been heavily medicated on, you know, antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication. And it's only recently just come out that she actually has ADHD and now she's medicated. And it's almost like she's been it's been a misdiagnosis and she actually probably isn't depressed or with anxiety. She just wasn't on the right medication that was going to help her. Absolutely. And I know that's something that, yeah, that you kind of similar situation with you, right? Yeah, absolutely. We get, um, I've spoken to so many women who are being misdiagnosed with bipolar, for example, because ADHD can be quite up and down. What happens with some bipolar medication is that you are, you are not able to have children when you take it or that they ruin relationships that they could have had with a romantic partner and they, they miss their chance to have children. There oh, is some God. absolute devastating stories. One of the other things that you said, which I really have to pull up because it's a pet hate of mine, is you know how Uh-oh. you were saying at school, no, this is not from you, that at school oh. you were told to try harder or apply yourself. And that yes. that has created a generation of women who have just been told to try harder. So that actually is so fucked up if you think about it because yep. you actually have a neurological 
condition or disorder, which makes it very difficult. So if you think about you might have um, had poor vision for your whole life, never had your eyes tested, and then you put on glasses for the first time, like no one, and that's what ADHD is, no one would expect you to walk around and just keep trying to see harder. That's right. Think about how, how, how that is. And you're just there just like going, if I just try harder, if I just try harder, so they don't seek help. They're given the wrong medication, the wrong therapy, and, and then we just feel so shit about ourselves that we aren't doing well enough and it's not our fault. Yeah. And do you think um, ADHD gets misdiagnosed and overlooked so free, like more so in young girls than it does boys because it, it, it is usually an inactive version with women and or with, with like with young girls as well and so – that it kind of can be put down to, you know, they're just, again, not applying themselves or they're not like they, it doesn't really get investigated any further because, you know, they're social and they're outgoing and they're, they're quite chilled and relaxed and stuff. And so that kind of stuff gets overlooked more often than not. And I would love to get my daughter tested because she is incredibly social and she's got a heart of gold and she, she's doing okay at school but I I can see and I've spoken to her teachers and I tried to get her tutoring she is uh falling behind a little bit and I do often see like I struggle to get her to do homework she cannot focus she cannot concentrate she's always like oh I just got to go and get this pen or oh I'm just going to go to the toilet or it's always an excuse to not kind of concentrate and not sit down and do her homework. And I I do, one of her teachers actually from her old school actually said to me, oh, you know, is there any history of ADHD in the family? Um, And it's just always stayed in the back of my head because I was like, oh, I'm sure my husband has it as well. And you know what? I probably have it. Uh, But it is, I do notice with Charlie, like even Bobby and not to compare my children at all, but my second he started school and he he has this like huge desire to like soak up as much so he's coming home he's sitting there he's doing all his mathletics and his english and he wants to learn and he could sit there and and focus and hone in on what he needs to do and i've never been able to get charlie to do that yeah it it, it is interesting the stats are saying at the moment that 1 in 20 people in australia have adhd and, you know, it used to be that seven boys were diagnosed to one girl and now it's coming down to three to one. So if we think about the numbers and then how many women and girls have been missed. Yeah. And I think you've made a great point if you were to compare, if you were to compare boys and girls in school, for example, let's say they're given the same assignment, two children with ADHD, and yep. they take it home and they both leave it to the night before because that's typical and they tell nobody about it. They possibly yep. have ADHD parents who haven't checked the app that there's homework due. So they've yes. gone undetected at this point. Now, the difference between the girls would be that the girl would go, oh, my goodness, she would then be racked with guilt, right? And a lot of them are very conscientious. So they're also perfectionists and then they panic. Who do they go to panic to? Generally their mum and they would go, hey, mum, this is due tomorrow and they're freaking out. And then the mum stays up late with them, helps them, and then they get it done and they take it in the next day. The teacher takes it and says, well done, Sarah. Great, great job. Sarah doesn't say that she did it the night before at 10 o'clock with her mum, does she? So child, girl, undetected, right? The the mum sees it, the teacher doesn't. The boy gets to the night before and goes, oh, well, I'm just not going to do it forgets about it, doesn't care. They don't have the same society pressure to be perfect, to get it done, to be good at school. So they take it, well, they don't take anything in. The teacher contacts the mum, your son has not been handing in his homework, how about we get him tested? So then you've got these boys that get tested and the girls are told that they are not meeting their potential. It's not the same thing. And they're both affected, right? One gets therapy, one gets treatment, one doesn't. Yeah, that's so true. That is literally my daughter. She will turn up on the morning of when her homework's due and she'll burst into tears because it hasn't been done, whereas Bobby won't even get his homework folder out. Again, I am the mum who doesn't I, – I, I, uh, I, I have a fantastic next-door neighbour who gives me the heads up every day. Hey, they need to wear sports uniform today. Hey, they need to wear their house colours. Hey, I don't know if you saw on the app. Of course I didn't. I don't, I don't, even, I don't even know my password for the app. And I just thought 
I, I truly thought that it was because so much of my work is already on, on, on my phone. I've got socials and, you know, that is a large portion of what I do. And then I've got the podcast, which is, you know, on a laptop and then I'm writing a book. And so, but it, let's be honest, even before the book was here, I have, have been so scattered and there's all these apps and I don't know any passwords and I don't check in with anything because it's, it's almost like it's too overwhelming and I, I never know what's going on. And if it wasn't for my next door neighbor, who's amazing and doesn't like do it begrudgingly, like she genuinely wants to just give me the heads up, I would be all over the place. And my kids would obviously probably hate me. Yeah. And look, if anyone doesn't have a next door neighbor as good as Amy's, because not many people do, um, a strategy that I use is I try and find a friendly looking mum and I make a little Facebook group and I call it stressed mums. And then yes. we PM each other the night before and we hope that someone will be onto it. Yes. There's always one person. So if you don't have a friendly neighbor, there's always one, you know, you, you add in your most studious friend that, that lets everyone else know. But that's a great strategy. And actually, if you want to put a name to that, that's called body doubling. So someone kind of gives you a hand. Yeah. So body doubling can be to help with procrastination. So there's actually apps now where you can get someone that sits on the side of your screen and just watches you to make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. What? It's pretty cool. Um, wow. Like an app on your phone. Yeah, well, you can get it on your um, laptop. I've forgotten. I think it's called Focus Mate. I'd have to look it up. But um, as in to say, like, do not go off course. Like, you need to stay in, and you just, you need to be writing your book. Someone's watching. Stop you. jumping on the Zara website, Amy. Yeah, yeah. it's actually really good. So if you think about like another ADHD trait, could be that um, you know you find it difficult. Like, let's say your child finds it difficult to clean their room, but yet they're able to do it if you're sitting in the room. Now you don't have to help them. You just have to be in there. That's actually an ADHD body doubling strategy. And the great thing about ADHD is once you were aware of it, you can find ways to help yourself. And that doesn't always include medication for everybody. But yeah. it can be a lifestyle change, an awareness change. There's so many tools out there now. Um, so, you know, you might even get Focusmate on the laptop for Charlie. You know, it, you can get all kinds of versions of it to just watch her. Yeah. Um, so she feels that someone's there with her, doing it with her, because physically that can't be you every time. It's exhausting. Why do you think that there has been such a surge in ADHD? Now, I, like I'm just thinking, I know what my parents would say. Like they would be kind of be they would kind of be like, are you? Are we just creating these problems for ourselves? Like obviously social media is such a big thing. Like, you know, people live their lives like TikTok. It's like impossible for us to concentrate and hold that concentration level for long. Um, is it, is it that we are creating this problem for ourselves or is it that there is more information and knowledge now about this condition? I know my mum and dad would be like, oh, well, I, I mean, of course today's society, like children are just being fed. Like I remember watching this documentary about Cocoa Melon and that like every single snippet in Cocoa Melon is four seconds long and it's because they're trying to like like your brains can't possibly concentrate for longer anymore. Do you think it's something that um, society is making worse or do you think that it is, you know, we we do know more about it and it is something that we can, you know, help with? I, I think it's I think it's both and yeah. I think, you, you know, it's, it's so difficult to pinpoint. I do think with social media – Sometimes I've heard people say, oh, you're just using it as an excuse, for example, or, you know, everyone has a bad day. And I think the stuff that we're, that we're talking about and a big difference that we need to make is that everybody has a bad day. Everybody loses their keys once. Everybody forgets something one time. The difference with ADHD is when it impacts your life. So yeah. when you are constantly having a bad day or you having to put so many structures in place to stop yourself from having a bad day because that's the path you're always on. So there's a lot of people identifying with the videos, um, with the symptoms and how it looks. Obviously for women, we have never seen a female version of ADHD actually being discussed or diagnosed before. The diagnostic criteria for ADHD has changed or is changing for women to encompass it. If you took me or you took any any Lyme female with ADHD, you took me, you put me against a, a um, an, 
an ADHD profile or a hyperactive young boy, I'm not going to meet the criteria. I won't get diagnosed. So by changing the criteria, that's helped. And also the social media. But again, we've got to think about all those ADHD mums who are getting, having boys, for example, who are getting picked up at school and they're going, oh, by the way, 75% of this is hereditary. So where is it in the family? And then you and your partner are looking at each other going, oh, who is it? Neurodiverse people seem to go together. They like to hang out together. So more (laughs) often than not, you get people that are similar together. So then you've got two people there. It's both of you, right? And then suddenly you're having this tick, tick, tick of all of these times in your life that you think, oh, my goodness, I might have this. So by picking up more children, we're picking up more adults as well. I know that yeah. was a very long answer, but and but no. I agree with you with Coco Melon and kids can't read books. I, I get all that too. I think it's all of it. It's very true. Ryan and I are so similar. Like I, it's funny because I've only ever dated my opposites in the past and Ryan's the first guy and the guy that I end up marrying who is like my body double basically you know we are very very similar and he has always said like he I, I, he would be more of the hyperactive ADD ADHD because he struggles to sit still uh, again it would be very interesting I would love to get us both assessed I, I don't even know do you go to your GP yeah, this is a great question. It's very confusing. There's two yeah. different paths. Um, well, there's lots of different paths, but there's two main ones and they're different for adult and kids. So it can be confusing. But if you said, okay, me, Ryan and I definitely want to get tested, you could you could go without a referral to what is called a neuroaffirming clinical psychologist for an assessment. Yeah. It has to be a clinical psychologist and they would go through your life and um, they're very thorough. They go right through, right from the beginning, teenage years, everything, how you are feeling and how how your brain works. It's very, it can be really life-changing to figure yourself out all the whys. That's absolutely a path that a lot of people take. Now, for some people, it's not affordable. It can be between $1,500 to $3,000, depending on where you go. There is telehealth, there is in-person options. It's generally over three to five sessions, but obviously that's up to the psychologist. Mm -hmm. Well, the benefits are that you have a full understanding of yourself the negatives with it is it is expensive. And also yeah. at the end of it, a lot of people would like to try medication. So they're like, I know what I have and I'm, you know, ADHD, right? We're all impatient. We we want to have the result. We want, we're, give me the meds. Let's go. You want to try, try yeah. all the things um, and feel better. And the psychologist cannot prescribe. So they, they can only leave it up to that point. So you have to see a psychiatrist to prescribe. So you could skip the psychologist if you wanted to, and skip, but there is benefits that you're missing. But if some people don't really mind too much about that, they just want to get get medicated and get the diagnosis and move on, you can get a referral and go to a psychiatrist. Now, two options there as well. You can go in person um, to a psychiatrist in your area. You're probably one of two different types of people at this point. You're either like, I've seen the social media, I've been kind of closet diagnosed by a registered psychologist, or I just know I've got it. I've got a family history. I'm there. This makes sense. Get me sorted. You're either that person or you're unsure. If you're unsure, I probably would recommend going to an in-person psychologist, sorry, psychiatrist that can really take you through it slowly. Negatives there. There's there's a wait list. You often have to drive quite far. It can be difficult to get in. Some psychiatrists aren't seeing ADHD patients. So you probably want to ring around, find someone who can actually see you before you get your referral because you have to ring up like 60 times otherwise. And you also, especially if you're a female, you want to do a bit of research, make sure this person knows what ADHD in females looks like too. You don't want to wait the year and then you get there and they're like, not up to date with it too because it's pretty progressive some of this stuff or if you are the person who knows you've got it you just want to get diagnosed and get the medication you can go to a telehealth psychiatrist they're easy to get into you can get in in under three weeks you can google it um I personally see one of those because I'm a highly impatient person it can take a while to get your medication right so for me you get the red medication it's wrong you know in three days you can't wait six months to go back again. So yeah. for me, for speed, the, the telepsychiatrist is really good. It can be a bit of a battle. Um, the stimulant medication for ADHD is a control substance. So 
you can't get it from a GP, you can't get it from a psychologist, you obviously can't get it off the shelf. So I always have a bit of a joke with any of my ADHD mum friends, don't lose it. Don't put it in your handbag and walk around with it because yes, it's it's difficult to get. So those are the pathways, um, it, but there's so many people seeking a diagnosis at this point. It, there can be a bit of a wait. It's such an interesting thing because I know obviously there's little things that have happened, well, the way I've been in my, you know, in, in my school years and then in my 20s and stuff, but the real scatteredness of where my head is at now, I, I, I truly just put, it, I just put it down to mum life. I put it down to, you know, having three small kids and predominantly being on my own, few, you know, most of the week and trying to juggle a few jobs and not really being able to focus that well. <laughs> At, at any of them, but I just, I did just put it down to being, I guess, a busy mum. And is that what probably a lot of mums are doing? And then they fall into like, you know, what they sometimes might diagnose as depression because they feel really down or anxious because they're so overwhelmed with all of their to-do lists and tasks that they never seem to get on top of. Is the testing that they do going to be able to differentiate between the two? Yeah, this is a really difficult one because you want to make sure you pick the right person. So <clears throat> Facebook's great for that to help you kind of unpack that. But I agree with you. I think life is exacerbated with kids, right? You only had one You only had one load of washing before. Now you've got four. You know, yes. you only had to put one thing away. You only, it didn't matter if you ate dinner late. It didn't matter if you locked yourself out of the house. It didn't matter. When you've got three small people following you around, it matters. And if we're told as girls and children to try harder, be better, we aren't told that there's anything going on with us. We are told to do better, try harder, and that just has a toll on our self-esteem. So, and I think that has a large place in, in that too. But I do think that when you have ADHD, if you, and we don't like to compare ourselves against others, but sometimes it can be helpful if you actually look at yourself and look at another couple of mums that you know, have a bit of a think about it. If you are unsure, you can have a look and Google on, um, it's called highly camouflaged subtype of ADHD. And what that means is that as women and society, we have been told that we will be good at school. We will be good at mum life. We will try harder. We will have it all together. And so you've got these women, and I'm one of them, who covers it up. So I know without Google Calendar, I would be completely lost. I know I can barely find it, the way to my kid's school without the map. I'm terrible at directions. So I cover it up. So I put my keys on my phone on top of the kids, you know, school stuff for the night before. I have to put it all in the car. Now there's a lot of that that not other mums are needing to do. So if you, if yeah. you go, okay, well, I seem organised um, well, let's say you ask a friend and you say, I think I might have ADHD and your friend goes, you're more organized than I am, but they don't see what's happening underneath. If you think about the duck on the top, they look quite calm. They don't see the legs underneath. And that's where psychological distress leads to burnout, depression, and anxiety. And most of these ADHD women will feel that they are on a roller coaster. They will be up, they'll be down, they'll be bored, they'll be overcommitted, they'll be undercommitted. They won't know how to just go at a normal pace. They will be either accelerated down or foot on the brakes, I'm having a breakdown. So you will have that sense, but society does tell us that mum life, you are tired, you are depressed, you put yourself last, that's life. To me, it isn't. It isn't life and it shouldn't be. And we should want better for ourselves, for our friends and for our daughters. And does with the medication that you get prescribed, and I, I know you mentioned that there's different types and obviously you don't need to take medication at all times and you can do therapy and stuff, but with the medication, what does it actually help you do? Does it help slow down brain waves? Does it give you, does it help you focus? What, like, how has it changed your life? It's, yeah, it's a really um, funny one. So ADHD medication, it's, if you can get it and it's hard to get, it's very positive. There's some really, really yeah. great positives with it. For example, it works very quickly. I call it an ADHD Panadol. It's only there for three yeah. to four hours sometimes. And, you know, you can take short acting or long acting. It's a stimulant. 
So a lot of people are confused. Why would you give a stimulant to a hyperactive child or to somebody who can't sit still or for somebody who has a fast brain? The reason that we do that is that we know that in the ADHD brain, and we could do a brain scan of anyone with ADHD and it comes back with ADHD. So this, your brain actually looks different and it functions different. So we know that you are low on dopamine when you have ADHD. So you might be sitting there in a lowly, lowly demotivated, a little bit tired, hard to get up off the couch. I've got so much to do, can't do anything. You're stuck in procrastination. Why is it so hard? I know what I can do, but I can't get started, right? That's like a dopamine deficient brain. If you, the stimulant affects the neurotransmitter of dopamine, it gives you more. So that means that you can actually get started. You can get up, you can get moving. You can start to focus on the things that you want to focus on and you can not focus on the things that you shouldn't be. And with dopamine, it stops you from chasing the the, the dream. So for example, you might um, get a little bit, you might get up off the couch, but you might get sidetracked that there's an app that you need to organize your life. You become consumed by that, spend your whole day organizing it to then never use it again, right? Or you've bought the $500 calendar, you've set it up and not use it. So that's not focusing on the right things. So ADHD, you struggle to focus on the right things. We can focus, we're just not on the right things. So it's a little bit like um, I say I'm driving a car manually when I don't take medication. I literally have to go, come on, come on. It's like at a gym, get going, get going. And I'm going from first to second to third. But in a neurotypical brain, you can function on automatic. So you don't need to think about what you should do next. You just know. You know what's important. You can easily prioritize. You walk around and you're no longer chasing weird dreams that don't make sense, which I do. Not everybody does. So it's that level of focus. If I think about the way I walk around my house, I will walk around my house and go, wow, if I'm not medicated, there is so much shit on the floor. When am I going to pick that up? Oh, I really should do that. And then I walk away. Yeah. If I'm medicated, I just walk around and pick it all up. And I just yeah. think, is this how other people live? <laughs> you kind of feel like you're in flow because you've yeah. all, your brain's got dopamine. You're not looking for it. Now, to get dopamine without taking medication, this is where a little bit of that impulsivity comes from. Skydiving, drinking heavily, taking risks, that kind of thing. We wonder why our kids do risky behavior at times. They're quite impulsive. My kids will jump off weird things. They can't do anything they're told. They actually got in the shelves at Coles the other day and sat in there and I was like, get off the shelves, get off the shelves because they, they, they're seeking that hit. But if I don't medicate my children, I'm not against it. I don't say I never will, but I don't currently. So I suppose you can be going to look for dopamine naturally, but often they're not necessarily appropriate behaviours for what you should be doing at that time. Should you be on the motorbike going circles and circles around dangerous bends or should you be working? But if you're seeking dopamine, you might find yourself doing things. Yeah, and you know what? Um, Even what you do with podcasting, I think very much has a dopamine hit to it. You put up your post, you get the comments, you get the the messages. There is a very, very strong dopamine hit on phone usage, social media, and also being in a position of podcasting. So you will find there are a lot of people with ADHD that love it because they love to talk. They love to share, they love to inspire people, they love to connect and they love also, let's call it for what it is, the recognition because you've got so many people. It's like instant gratification, right? And it's like you're getting it in the form of likes and comments of people acknowledging, oh, that was a sick podcast, blah, blah. Yeah, it's dopamine. It's dopamine. But if you were to take medication, you wouldn't necessarily, well, you wouldn't need to seek the dopamine. So you could do Mm. it because you love it. You wouldn't necessarily be uninspired but you would already have dopamine. So you might find yourself being able to be more balanced. You might be able to go for a walk on the beach or go have coffee with a friend without feeling that you need to get something out or you need to put a post or scrolling. It's a different life. Um, I personally never thought I'd take medication. I tried all the lifestyle stuff first. The great thing about stimulants is they work so quickly. So you can have, you could take one now, see how you feel. It's yeah. not a, you don't have to take them for three months, see how you feel, monitor it and then come off it. It's not like that. It's literally like on and off if you want to. It kind of goes and then it leaves your body in a couple of hours, doesn't it? 
Exactly. You can take long acting. Um, the problem with it, I always have a bit of a laugh, is if you take a three or four hour one, then you also need to ha- carry it around with you. So you've got to remember to have it, which could be really yes. not very friendly. So there's long active ones too, where you can take it in the morning and you're done. Um, doesn't work for everybody. So as a hypothetical, I I get prescribed this drug. I, it would be good for me to take it right before I sat down at nighttime to write my book because that would help me concentrate, right? It would, but then you wouldn't be able to sleep. So you need to be a bit careful you don't take it kind of after gotcha. 3 o'clock. Oh, yes, of I course. I mean, you'd be writing. You'd be writing. I mean, if you want yeah. to write all night, that's sweet. But, um, you, you, yeah, you need to have it out of your system kind of by 3 or 4 o'clock. Or, sorry, you need to take the last one then. By um, three or four o'clock. Mm. Um, but you definitely could write your book, Amy. You definitely could yeah. write your book. Listen, I have my days where I'm like, I'm on and I'm just writing and I write till three, in, like one in the morning. And then uh, for the last week I've sat down and I've stared at my screen and I've written in total a thousand words. I, I mean, I want to say that I've got writer's block. <laughs> I've got some I've got some sort of block. I don't know what's going on, but I just I don't know. I think it's because I've got a time pressure on me, and I, I'm str- like I, I like to write f- freely. And anyway, this is not about me. This are we going to play? Have you ever? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yeah. So I'm going to go through a series of ADHD mum fails. So part of the reasons I got into this was because my girlfriends and I were sending each other our fails via PM. And it normalizes them, right? Yes. So we're going to play Have You Ever and we're just going to see how you go, Amy. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever started to volunteer for something at school but then realized afterwards that you had no time to do that and you were double booked? Yes, that's me. It, like they, basically they send out an email being like, can anyone do canteen duty? And I'm like, yeah, I could do it. And then I look at my calendar because I should have done that first, but I didn't. And then I realize I'm in the podcast studio. So I'm like, actually, I'm so sorry. I can't. Yeah, do that a fair bit now. Have you ever started a new hobby or diet or fascination and convinced everybody how amazing it was only to have to tell everybody later that you are no longer doing this hobby anymore? Um, I mean, I, I did. I mean, I feel like that may be my Pilates thing, but I, I, I'm, I'm still there. But I did get really into Pilates and I told any single person, nobody asked, but I told anyone and everyone how great Pilates was nonstop. And then I fell off the bandwagon. But I mean, look, I did give it a good nudge for a good year. So I, I don't know. That's not too bad. Uh, have you ever had all day to chill, completed nothing, and then felt guilty about it, but then exhausted at the same time from worrying? Um, I'm very good at chilling. I do. I don't tend to worry. I'm going to say no with that because if I have a chill day, I I often feel exhausted at the end of doing nothing, but then I don't worry. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, here we go. This is a good one for you. Have you ever lost your car keys more than once in a week? Yes. Uh, that's why I leave them in the car now, parked in the garage. Yeah. That seems unsafe, but okay. That, that's um, what my husband would say, <laughs> yep. Have you ever rang a friend or family member crying because you couldn't find your car in a car park? Um, never rung anyone crying uh, but have lost my car multiple times, but I kind of just keep searching until I find it. Camouflaging that one, that was. Yeah. Uh, have you ever gained a reputation as someone who takes it too far with partying or risk-taking? Uh, yes. <laughs> Dopamine. Have you ever started talking to someone and then became bored instantly so your brain has wandered off thinking about other things? Yes. Oh, my God, all the time. If, if it's not an interesting conversation or a topic or if I'm watching something for work or it's very business-like, I, I am switched off. Within a couple of minutes. Have you ever put together furniture or kids' toys without following the instructions? Never. I am a, I am a stickler for following the instructions. My husband never follows instructions and we punch on about it all the time. Have you ever researched and bought something that will completely change your life but then never used it again? Um, researched and bought something. Mm. Like you've taken forever to find this thing that you know is going to change your life and complete you. You've been so excited. You've bought it home. You've got it out of the box. You've used it once and then you never used it again. Mm. People do this with Thermomixes a bit. You know, there's yes. a Thermomix cult. 
Yeah, no, I have heard that about Thermomix. Um, no, I did. I remember when I was in my peak Pilates girl era and I couldn't get enough of exercise. And so I wanted to also be walking, but I couldn't go walking because I had no more time. And so I remember I searched and searched and spent like thousands of hours researching these flat walkers that you could just put in your lounge room and walk while you're watching TV, but then they were compact. So you could just slide them under the lounge. I, I must've spent like three weeks researching, reading all the reviews on them and everything. Thankfully I didn't buy one because that's the type of thing that I would never have used. <laughs> that, that is, yeah. If you had have actually pulled the trigger on that and bought that yeah. home, that would be the best example ever of that. Yes. What about what about this one? Have you ever used an author can I can never say this word, authentication app. You know that apps where they you have to authenticate to log in? Have yes. you ever used one of those apps with six digits but not been able to coordinate Safari to email to text to input them in with the six numbers? I have an authentication app on my Instagram and then I, I can't ever find the app. So it's like, oh, you need the authentication app from your app that you've downloaded and I'm like, where's the fucking app? I don't even know what the app's called. I've completely lost the name of the app. I, every now and again, again, it will like pop up in a in a thought bubble. It's called Duo Mobile, but it at the time I never remember it, so I can never get in if I'm trying to get into my Instagram from another device. Okay, that's a massive fail because you don't even yeah. you can't even get to the six digits. That's so funny. Have you ever introduced yourself to somebody to find you've already met them? Oh yes. Okay. Have you ever dreaded a task so badly and avoided it for so long to find it was done in under 10 minutes? Uh, I mean, cleaning my house daily, yes. Have you ever dropped a child to the wrong activity on the wrong day? Not yet. I feel like it's coming. (laughs) It's It's coming for you. It's coming for you. Have you ever stopped at the petrol station or Coles to buy lunches as you didn't have any food in the house? As in like buy lunches for me or... Uh, like for the kids, like you've gone to go drop them at school and you're like, we don't have any bread, but don't worry, we'll go and we'll get one of those lunch packs from the petrol station because that will also oh, work. No, I just use a canteen. That is a good point. Yeah. Have you ever been in the process of finding what you've lost yourself and then been interrupted by your child who has also lost something? So you've got a double loss at the same time. You and your children are both looking for things. I mean, again, I Charlie loses everything, so I'm quite often looking for her stuff. Actually, my middle son loses everything. Like we lose school jumpers every day, school hats, lunch boxes, water bottles. Like I, I don't really know how it's so hard to because I know they all eat their lunch and they put their back and their their lunch boxes back and their bottles back, but my kids just can't seem to do it. And my husband is the worst at this. So this might go with this one. Have you ever wondered how it's possible to turn around and have so much shit strewn all over the floor of your house? Like every single night after dinner, yes. Have you ever been excessively irritated with people grinding teeth on spoon, chewing or sniffing? It, no, no. I. It is. It sends me into an uncontrollable rage. I... I mean, I've never been diagnosed with misophonia, but I 1 million percent have it because it, I can't, I can't handle it. (laughs) My daughter, when she eats an apple or if Bobby's chewing gum or even Ryan, Ryan's a really heavy breather. It's my, it's my one trigger. Like I can, I can handle a lot of, I can, you can run your nails down chalkboards. That's fine. Do it all day. If you chew near me with an open mouth, I will have to leave the room or I'll punch you in the face. I love it. I love it. Right, this one. Have you ever tried your best to obey the road rules, but you've gotten distracted and you sometimes just don't know what the speed limits or the rules are? Um, no, not really. I, I will say this, and this is terrible, but sometimes like I will be driving and I've got an automatic car and I like my my children in the back and my phone is nowhere near me and I don't look at my phone when I'm driving and I sometimes get to a destination and I don't even remember getting there. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> have you ever let it let a child hand out birthday invitations but forgotten who they invited so you didn't know how many kids were coming? No, I am. I We always write a list first. Maybe that's camouflaging. We always write a list and 
I write their names on each envelope before I give them to Charlie or Bobby to hand out. Yeah, that's clever. That is clever. Yeah. Have you ever been told that you don't stack a dishwasher correctly? Uh, Yes. If you ask my mum or my dad, I do not stack the dishwasher correctly. Have you noticed you either have four drink bottles per kid or none at all? Yes. And I have a thing about like, I don't like, I don't know if this is an ADHD trait, but I don't like things running out. So I always have additional supplies of everything. So with my sunscreen, most people would just buy a bottle of sunscreen, but I will... I'll have I'll buy a bottle of sunscreen and then when, as soon as I start using it I'll buy an extra two bottles just so I've got two bottles and I know that I've got two bottles waiting for me. I, I mean or maybe that's just uh overconsumption. I don't know. Oh no, I think that's it that gave me a bit of a trade because I remember when my daughter hit prep I was like I'm just going to buy 10 hats because I know she used to have a hat every day. So people would say, "Oh, you really organized your daughter always has a hat." Yeah, I have three in my car, three in my husband's yeah, car, yeah. And three in a bag. Yeah, and you know, seven on the ground of a bedroom. But yeah. do you need fifteen hats? Probably yeah. not. Well, if you're my kids, you do because they just bloody lose them nonstop. Okay, do you want to um, tally up my scores while I go and do a wee? Well, um, I've got a, some bad news for you, Amy. Um, oh. That there is only the have you ever. We actually haven't started the test. So these are mum fails, but I've got eighteen symptom tests that have a actual score to them. But you can oh, still do yeah. a wee if you want to. Yeah, let me quickly go do a wee. Hang on. All right, so now you're going to ask me 18 questions. So this is, so for anybody who's listening to this who thinks, gee, maybe I have this, I don't really know what to do, I'd like to know more about it, what I'd suggest is to go on to, the, to an ADHD self-test. So that's all I'm reading from. This isn't a proper psychological diagnosis of Amy or anything like that, um, but this is going through the symptoms and at the end it comes out and says, you have more inattention, you have more hyperactivity, we would recommend that you would go to see somebody or know you're completely fine. So if anyone's listening, that's that's all I'm doing. This is off the totallyadd.com website. So number one, I have poor attention to detail. I often make small mistakes. I skim read. I rush things. I mess up dates. I get details wrong or I make simple errors because I'm not paying attention. Yes. I struggle to finish long, complex tasks, even leisure activities. I may do something else or I end up doing several things at once. Answer yes if either of these or any of these apply to you. Yes. I often tune out during long conversations. I appear to be listening, but my mind wanders and I miss what's being said. Sometimes I even lose track of what I'm saying or I go off on tangents. Ah, yes. I prefer to jump right in rather than read instructions, guides, or recipes. I struggle to stick to routines, schedules, or plans. I know what to do. I just don't seem to be able to do it. Answer yes if any any of these apply to you. I'm going to say no for that one. I have trouble organizing my work or my home life. My to-do list feels overwhelming. I often procrastinate, unsure where to start or what I need to do. Yes. I struggle with jobs that demand focus for a long time. I dislike routine, repetitive tasks. I hate paperwork. But when I'm interested, I'm super focused. Yes. I often misplace my phone, keys, or TV remote. I just had it a minute ago, I usually say. I lose important paperwork. My home or workspace is cluttered, piles everywhere so I can find things. Otherwise, I'll forget them. Yes. (laughs) I lose a remote control all the time. Oh, man, it's the worst, isn't it? It's the worst. (laughs) I'm easily distracted by conversations, noises, activity around me. I'm often lost in thought one idea after another, imagining ideas or situations. I'm smart, but I can be a bit absent-minded. I can be a bit of a daydreamer. Yes. I thought that was just my star sign being a Pisces, (laughs) bit airy fairy. (laughs) I often lose track of what I was supposed to be doing. I'm bad with dates, names, appointments, or I forget to bring in what I needed. I've bought things, then realized it, I already own them. Does any of this ring a bell? I mean, I, I am, but that's why I have a calendar. And so like, I I could never rely on my brain to remember stuff. I mean, I feel like that's most women. So I do. I've got a calendar, like a shared calendar with Ryan. So I, I make sure I always put everything in, like, and I write myself to-do lists each day. So I don't know. Is that a, like? That yes. would mean to me that you've um, basically scaffolded around yourself to give you, like, prompts. Support. 
that's camouflaging. Yeah. Like, I mean, if I took all that away, what would you do? I'd be fucked. I'd miss everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's okay. That's just, um, that's just one of the ways that I suppose we go through und- undetected. I fidget, tap my foot, doodle, shifting my seat to focus. I often feel restless during long meetings, classes. It's like I have a dynamo inside me. No. I pace when I'm on the phone. I wish I could pace during meetings. I tend to walk quickly. Sitting still and listening quietly is a challenge. Mm, No. My mind is always going. Falling asleep is difficult. I'm curious, always on the next idea or interest. I'm seeking novelty. I've had a lot of jobs and moved around more than most people. Yes. Not all of these have to resonate, but some, yes. Every single one of them resonates. (laughs) Yep. I thought I find it hard to wind down and relax. Small talk can be boring. I love trying new things, then get bored, and then I change them up to make it fun. I often rush things even if it isn't urgent. Been there, done that. Next, please. No. I'm very good at relaxing. It often feels like I'm always on the go, driven by a motor until I crash. I get into one hobby after another. When something interests me, I'm totally immersed, enthused, wanting to know everything for a while. I'm more of a sprinter than a marathoner. Yes. I always have lots to say. I tell great stories. I rarely learn anything about other people or I do, but it's after I speak. If someone else tries to speak, I can get louder because I feel pressured to get all my words out. (laughs) Not all of these have to resonate with you, but yes, if any of them do. Uh, I'm going to say yes. I do love storytelling, but I, I, I am a good listener. But I will butt in and add my two cents along the way. I am full of ideas. My mind races and I have to get it out. I can seem dominating, always adding in my two cents, but I love to contribute contribute my ideas and I have lots of them. I often say yes to new things and then I end up overwhelmed with the commitments. Not all of this may resonate, but pick yes Mm. if any of them do. Yes. I hate long lineups in stores drive through windows or the ATM. Slow traffic is frustrating. I hate waiting for other people. Small talk is boring. I get impatient. Just give me the highlights. Um, yes. Yes. Last one, last one. This is, I feel like we've kind of been a bit intrusive. Okay. I tend to interrupt people or feel the need to add my two cents. I'll answer questions before the other person is finished. I can be talkative and tend to dominate conversations because I'm excited and I'm interested. Absolutely, yes. Okay. Drum roll for the score. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Ready? ADHD combined type. So remember, this isn't a diagnosis. This is just a symptoms. Your score suggests inattention is a problem for you. You scored 14 out of 18. While most people struggle with some of these symptoms, that doesn't mean they have ADHD. So then it gives you a disclaimer that you know, you shouldn't go and just decide that you need to go and um, seek a doctor. Yep. Uh, then it says here, those of us that struggle with attention and distractibility, we can be forgetful, sensitive, distracted, and overwhelmed by hectic situations. And that would be you. So I can send you that if you want to read more about it. I don't want to. Yeah, I'd love that. And your responses would indicate to me that you wouldn't have that physical hyperactive component, which yes. is probably why you've but then inattention and procrastination would be a large issue for you. Mm. Yeah, I definitely don't. Ha- I definitely wouldn't think that I would have the hyperactive because I am really good at chilling out and taking it easy. And uh, sometimes, again, because th- sometimes when the housework appears too overwhelming, I'll just I just ignore it and I just will sit down and have a glass of wine. So I don't think the hyper one is a thing. The focus one is absolutely a thing. Like I, I will start one task and then I'll have, and then I'll, I'll start one task and then I'll start another task and then I'll start another task and then I'll have seven ta- tasks going and I won't finish any of them. So there's lots of things you can do to look at inattention regardless of whether you have ADHD or not. But I think the awareness of where our kids is at um, can be really important because if you're doing that and Charlie's doing that, then, you know, it might be too hard for her to say, well, we've got 20 minutes, you must do it this way because we have to be aware that she's battling possibly the same thing. You know, we don't know, but regardless of whether she has ADHD or not, she's obviously she's a part of you. So if you're struggling with that, then she might be struggling also. But there's lots of things you can do without medication. That's not the be end all in for everybody. 
Thank you so much, Jane. You have honestly been incredible and I've learned so much today, including but not limited to potentially being diagnosed as an ADHD person. Um, I'm definitely going to investigate that further, but it's been a very inspiring listen and I think so many people are going to enjoy this podcast. If you also haven't checked out Jane's podcast, please do so. It's ADHD Mums and I think it's going to be super interesting and informative for those that want to you know, learn a little bit more about the topic. I would love to have you back, Jane. I would love to potentially have another episode where we discuss all things kids and ADHD and whether you medicate versus not medicating. I would, you know, I think we could absolutely deep dive into that topic as well. Well, look, thank you for having me. You are the only one who wrote back um, to me when I said, can I go on someone's podcast? Email three people and you were the only one who responded. So I really appreciate it. Don't even be silly. I am absolutely, I, I, to be honest, I'm so glad you reached out because I, it's a, a, a really interesting topic and something that I absolutely want wanted to learn about further. So I'm so glad, you know, you've made the time to have a chat with me. Thank you so much. So I love you and leave you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll chat to you again next week. Bye for now. Mwah.